0: everybody, welcome to another episode of the Hew Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. I want to thank you for joining me once again. Uh, Still in quarantine, not quite as much on lockdown, but, you know, we're we're trying to take care of our own at this point. So if you're up and about doing what you need to do, please be doing it carefully. Please keep in mind that other people uh, need your help as well. It's not just all about you getting your hair cut, Karen. So uh, what we're doing today is uh, we are... Just trying to keep things more positive, trying to keep things upbeat. I have a tendency to go on nerd rants, and I don't want to do that anymore. Not not for a while. So uh, we are just focusing on good old-fashioned, nerdy, happy, positive bullshit. So uh, if you want to look for the podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker. We're on all of those uh, you can find our homepage at anchor.fm forward slash fandom uh, You can also find us now on seattlewaveradio.com. Uh, we have a link on that page that'll take you to our current episodes. We air Mondays at uh, 8 a.m. and we air Thursdays at 6 p.m. So that's pretty exciting there. So without any ado, further ado, I should say, we're going to uh, introduce our guest today. Uh, I've known uh, this person for quite a number of years. Um, we've played together uh, in different shows, and uh, he even supported uh, one of my uh, band's uh, charity shows that we did for a while, and and, and that was really cool. So uh, without any further ado, I want to introduce Sky Warden. Sky, how are you doing today?
1: Good, man. How are you?
0: Oh, you know, just trying to keep sane in a house full of children. and. <laughs> I think they're going cabin
1: crazy. Oh, my gosh. I can only they're, imagine.
0: They're starting to get a bit tweaky. <laughs> uh,
1: we only we have, have cats, and the cats are loving us being home all the time.
0: Oh, I'm sure. We have two cats. Cool. One of them loves the fact that we're home. The other one detests us with every fiber of her being. So, <laughs> But uh, anyway, so how have you and uh, your girlfriend been uh, weathering the storm, as it were?
1: You know, we've actually been super busy. We've both are able to work from home and so she's got her office set up i've got my office set up and we spend hours and hours toiling away at the various projects we have and and then in the evening we spend hours and hours toiling away at different projects that we have because <laughs> she's a musician too so she's got you know like today she's going to be doing some practice for her show tomorrow uh which mm-hmm. is uh, uh part of the mechanism mechanism mechan, I do to say that mechanismus Festival, mm. it's a it's a big festival. Um, you can find it on my Facebook page. I'm gonna be sharing. Probably uh, most of the people listening are gonna get invites from me personally, anyway, so <laughs> We have a lot of the same friends. Yeah, we do. Uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll uh, you know she'll spend some time practicing and working on stuff, and I'll spend time editing videos or working on you know music, my own music or whatever. So that's that's our uh, our quarantine routine. <laughs> quarantine. Quarantine. <laughs> Well, it's nice.
0: It's nice that you're able to keep busy and that they that they allow you to work from home. Uh, my wife is in the same position; uh, she gets to work from home, and so she's relatively safe, if not a little stir crazy herself. But uh, <laughs> I end up, I work in groceries, so I end up having to go out every day, and it's it's not fun. <laughs> oh man, of, Get there's a massive amount of people out there that are not taking this seriously, and it really kind of makes my skin crawl so
1: yeah every time we go out you know we see like maybe 30 percent of people wearing masks more lately it seems like but we're like you guys do you not know
0: <laughs> it's, it's not hard it's not a bad i mean it, yes it's it's uncomfortable and yes it kind of sucks but but uh yeah I, I mean i work out there and i see a lot of people uh who uh, are wearing the mask i wear the mask it's not such a complicated thing to do if it's going to keep people safe but everyone's treating it like it's some kind of Massive violation of their civil rights, and it's
1: like, yeah,
0: we're just trying to make sure grandma makes it to Thanksgiving, you douchebag. (laughs) So, but uh, so one of the things that I like to talk with people about, uh, that I have on my show obviously, my show being called Feel Your Fandom is very geek oriented, very uh, nerdy bent, very in pursuit of all things nerdy, be it comic books or gaming, video gaming, role playing gaming uh medieval recreation things like that and and you kind of check off a lot of those boxes but we'll come to that but uh it, what is it that you find yourself that you that you're a huge fan of what are you passionate about
1: uh man there's so many things um i'm i'm really into like sci-fi tv shows um star trek big star trek nerd oh yeah uh star wars stuff like that Th- those are probably my main bread and butter nerd <laughs> uh another one is dungeons and dragons big D fan I, I have i've played since second edition when since i was like 14 uh so like over 20 years of D. Um, same
0: campaign same character
1: or? no no it's been off and on obviously for for that long but um recently i've been playing a lot more fifth edition okay. really liking that um been thinking about uh, diving into the, the Pathfinder second edition because it looks kind of cool, um, but most of my friends play fifth edition, so it 's just really easy to especially since i 'm pretty busy you know you don 't have time to like do necessarily weekly games all the time so Got right. a couple uh, other, every other week games um, doing one tomorrow and then i dm a, uh, a campaign uh, um, that 's been about every other week for nice
0: almost,
1: almost a year yeah almost a year we 've been on that campaign.
0: It's been a hot minute since I've been able to play and uh, I used to really get down with like the old, uh, like the old Star Wars D6 campaigns. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was a Marvel campaign that I effed around with for a while. That was a lot of fun. Um,
1: I'm actually supposed to run an airship pirate um, session at some point, which is a a very lesser known steampunk themed RPG. And it's got a full book and it's kind of a D6 base, um, so that's going to be interesting. <laughs> I was
0: I was actually reading up on that uh, yesterday. I was I was doing a lot of uh, reading about yourself and about uh, uh, one of the bands that you're involved with, Abney Park. Y'all may mm-hmm. have heard of that band, but uh, doing a lot of reading on the background with uh, when you joined the band and how many members have been in and out of the band, and it's been it's been a band for twenty something years. I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even realize that. That's
1: a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, It's such a niche band that if you aren't really connected with the steampunk scene, like the core of the steampunk scene, you may not know about the band. But if you are connected with the steampunk scene in any way, and like we were talking earlier, even SCA or um, Renaissance Fairs, if you're involved yeah. in any part of that, the, the steampunk stuff sort of bleeds into a lot of that. So at oh, that yeah, point, you'll sure. be very aware of who Abney <laughs> Park is because they're one of the first, first you know, steampunk things ever.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and they've got a real massive fan base. In, in, I mean, steampunk is a really big thing. And so they have a really massive fan base based in that niche. And like you say, it's mm-hmm. a niche market. And a lot of times people say niche has to syndicate small, but I've seen some of the photos of the, of the shows you guys have played. They're no joke.
1: All yeah, right. there's it. It you know it, it depends on where in the world it is because steampunk has a moderate following in America of people that like the the vibe of it and maybe they'll decorate their house that way and they like going to the steampunk festivals and getting the cool clothes and all the leather accessories and brass and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a
1: really cool look. I mean, a lot of people like it anyway. But in places like Russia, that's kind of what their pop music is about. You know, they all violin steampunk? is a very well. It's it. It, it sort of was weird crossover because in Russia, violin based music, which we have a lot of violin and, and mm-hmm. stuff in, is, is very traditional. You know, there's a lot, uh, you know, we take a violin over there, it's got to get like thoroughly inspected because they're very serious <laughs> about their violins. And so, it, you know, places like that with just, you know, that have already had that kind of style infused into their culture for a long time, really, really love our band and um, it was kind of just a perfect storm so when we go when I mean, we play here we'll play for a few hundred people um in a festival and um but when we go to russia it's you know three or four thousand people
0: that's crammed huge.
1: into a venue it's yeah they, yeah it's it's huge over there and that's kind of the way it is with a lot of different styles you know you'll have regional places like you know uh, like metal for example is much bigger in scandinavia than it is really even in america
0: oh yeah or In Norway and yeah and same
1: thing with like um but yeah so so uh, yeah it's it's a big part of it too is just that um the band has been around for so long so it's you know it's easy to kind of keep building a fan base when you've been doing it for 20 years and you have a specific sound that everyone knows and and you know gets acquainted with um so that's cool to be a part of it
0: yeah it's really cool because like I said I was doing a bunch of research and everything and I was looking at Robert's uh uh, he's written a couple of books, uh, steampunk based Mm -hmm. books. And then I I read about the fact that there was this airships campaign and I'm like, Oh, that sounds really neat. I bet I have a lot of friends who would be into something like that. And uh, I plan on doing a bit more reading. I've always wanted to DM my own series. So, but, uh, I have a friend who, uh, I share through the SCA. I, I was part of his SCA household for about a dozen years. And, uh, Uh, we're still friends on Facebook. I don't see him face to face very often anymore, but uh, it was funny because he's, he's really into steampunk. I know he's been into steampunk for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. He does the whole costuming, the decorating of the Nerf guns, things like that. Nice. And so I thought it was funny because he started sharing some of your posts at one point (laughs) when you're posting about Abney or, or any of the different events that you guys are doing or pictures that you would post it. And, He was sharing some of your pictures and I'm like, I know that guy. I've played with that guy. He's friggin' awesome. And and I texted him. I'm like, you know, I know that guy, right? And he's like, what? You know that guy? That's awesome. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's a good guy. (laughs) A lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's funny Um, how Abney Park fans hide in all these weird spots. So, you know, friends tell me all the time, like, yeah, I was talking to a friend and I was mentioning your brand's name and they're freaked out. And it'd be like one out of your 20 close friends that might even know who we are. But it, yeah, it's, it's funny that, you know, they'll just be, you'll, you'll know somebody that knows who Abney Park is and they'll, they'll be like, Oh my gosh,
0: I love that band. <laughs> Six degrees of Abney Park.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but you've, uh, you've been involved in a lot of
0: different music projects over the years. You do a lot of solo work. Yep. Uh, you also uh, used to be uh, involved with a band named Amadon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys, like I was telling at the beginning, you guys uh, uh, were very generous with your time and came in and, and got on board with one of my, uh, my previous band's uh, uh, food fundraisers mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, Thurston County Food Bank. We raised over uh, two and a half pallets worth of food nice. to donate to them, and that was really, really fun and personally uh, rewarding for me. And, and I thank you for, again for jumping on that Yeah, all those years ago but uh, <laughs> do you have a particular style of musical genre that you kind of focus on or is it just kind of, you know, it's, whatever it's, strikes you?
1: It's uh, it's one of those things about being a musician. Like you find yourself in all kinds of weird opportunities. If you allow yourself to um, just kind of, I, I was actually talking about this yesterday. Like I tell a lot of my students, just the the easiest way to, get yourself plugged into the music scene is just say yes to stuff that comes your way no matter what it is even if it's not the full style that you think you're supposed to do you may surprise yourself and find some things that you've enjoyed more than you think you would Um, so i've been in i've been in r&b bands i've been in uh fusion jazz bands i've been in funk bands i've been in rock bands I'm currently in you know a steampunk band which is kind of like being in four different bands at the same time because we do we do like electro swing we do gypsy jazz type of stuff um, we do sort of your more contemporary folk influence stuff mm-hmm. and uh, you know and then rock rock stuff too like EDME rocky gothy shit um, you know there's a lot of industrial influence to the to the history of the band because it used to be a goth industrial band before they started adding adding some of the steampunk elements so we still don't have a drummer it's still very goth industrial based but then the songwriting is all these other different styles so playing electric guitar in that kind of band you know it's kind of a good thing that i've played in so many different styles because there's just never a time where you're not doing something different with the with the instrumentation so i'll do um recording i might be recording nylon string guitar on one song and then like a seven string big, brutal, industrial part on that next song, right? Like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, for example, is straight German industrial version of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And I think that same day, we would record something that I was on the acoustic for. So, you know, you just kind of never know. But I mean, and my other band is a straight up like industrial metal band where I play a seven string and it's, you know, big, huge, giant metal chord. So
0: what's yeah. the name of that band?
1: <laughs> uh, DK Zero, And that's um, the former bass player of Abney Park, um, and if anyone knows in the steampunk scene, Kato, um, their band. And it's kind of a funny story. Cause I, I ended up getting into Abney park by joining that band, uh, where the bass player uh, was wanting to form, like he had an idea for this band and it took a little while to get, to get off the ground. Cause it's, it's very, um, industrial based. So to get mm-hmm. that right, you know, we went through a number of producers and, and really trying to dial into what the, what the idea was. Um, but I actually joined that band first by about four months and then it happened to be that, uh, the position for guitar in Abney park was opening up at the same time. And, uh, so I was, you know, working with them on DK zero and Derek was like, dude, Robert, uh, if you need a guitar player, this guy's kind of perfect for Abney park. <laughs> so, uh, I was the only one that auditioned. I did a couple, couple auditions, a couple of recording sessions and bang, bang, boom. I've been in now five years almost.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I was gonna say I did see a lot of the uh DK Zero work you guys did a Wasteland photo shoot uh, not mm-hmm. that long ago and that was so yeah, we, intense.
1: <laughs> we did uh we did Wasteland, which is one of the, one of DK Zero's bigger shows that we've done so far. We uh we opened for Trapped earlier this year. Um so you know, DK Zero's been to Germany as just a duo. Um it's it's kind of a cool band because it's you know in the as you know, in the beginning stages of a band, it can be kind of uh, kind of hard to get into some of the, some of the stuff if you're not established already. Yeah, um, DK Zero has been fortunate to have a few connections to kind of. Excel that a little bit, but it still meant like we didn't get paid for Germany, which means having just Derek and Kate go just to do the vocals and not fly everybody out there saved a bunch of money. And so having the band modular like that has kind of helped out a lot. When we did the tour recently, we did it without drums, for example, it was just the four, four piece me, uh, my girlfriend, Derek and Kate, um, so that we could just pack everything into one car, drive from Seattle to Portland, <laughs> set up our show, you know, fl- fly out, not have to worry about drums. It was great. So I'm a
0: vocalist. I can pack all my shit in a backpack. So <laughs>
1: uh, I yeah, be careful you're roadie. flying with your uh, mic stand, though. Uh, that's
0: true. <laughs> I stopped using that one. Uh, he's referring to my machete microphone. I when I was a lead singer for a band called Pariah's Revolt. Uh, we did uh, a show on the uh, Friday the 13th, and we did it as a gag. He said, "Oh, you should go out in uh, Jason gear and and wield a machete." I'm like, "How about if I just bolt my ma- my microphone onto a machete?" And so I did that for that show, and <laughs> it got so freaking popular, and we gained so much traction because of that that I started being recognized in public as the machete guy,
1: <laughs> and so.
0: Uh, I did that for a long time. It's still in the garage, but it didn't fit with the the new aesthetic with this band.
1: (laughs) Still pretty cool though. I remember. Oh yeah. I love
0: it. Um, So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk more with Sky Warden. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It is creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. you uh, we've talked about DK0 a bit. We've talked about uh, your work with Abney Park a bit. We talked about Amadon a bit. Uh, you've done a lot of work. And, and as you were stating in the last segment, it's really it's really a benefit and a boon to be as uh, multi-talented and multifaceted as you seem to be with being able to switch genres on a note, you know, being able to be that kind of musician is really beneficial, as mm-hmm. you were saying. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about now, uh, again, I know uh, Ray Hayden, I've known Ray Hayden uh, eight or nine years now, and uh, he and his wife, Jessica, both worked through a charity organization out of Tacoma uh, called the Live It Out Loud uh, music program. Mm-hmm. And very recently, you stepped up and kind of took the reins of that program. Is that correct? That is correct. So why don't you do me a favor and, and for my listeners, just kind of explain what the Live It Out Loud music program is.
1: Well, traditionally, and I say traditionally, because normally we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Um, It's an eight week summer uh, rock camp, basically, um, where we, you know, take a bunch of kids and put them in a band and they may or may not have ever met each other before. Mm -hmm. And then we assign them someone like you or me, who's been in the music business for a long time to help mentor them into being a band, and show them how to work with other people, whether or not they are exactly the kind of people you thought you'd be working with, or in the exact style you thought you they were going to be working with. I, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of younger musicians have some pretty specific ideas about what they want their, their bands to be like. So oh, the, the fun thing is, is, is kind of opening their eyes to what the possibilities are. Um, long-term you know what what kinds of things that they they can do is um one of my one of my students as a matter of fact uh he was a he's a well still is a great guitar player he's I think 18 19 now and he's doing like you know um Steve Vai and Satriani perfectly like just shreds the crap out of this guitar and um when he first joined the program he was all about metal and he still is but uh and he became one of my students so he started taking weekly lessons from me so i started teaching him take five <laughs> and gypsy jazz pieces and all these other things that are also really difficult to play but they're not in the metal genre just to kind of open up his, the possibility of maybe trying out some different kinds of styles and stuff like that and his last year in the program he actually was in two bands one of them was like a pop band and the other one was a metal band and um uh, it was really cool to see how he grew into the possibilities of doing a lot of different styles, the same, you know, passion as he had for metal and just kind of seeing how music is just kind of one big blob. And so that's kind of the point of the program. This really give the the young kids um, a platform to discover everything that they possibly can on how to be a musician professionally and what that really what that really entails and what that really means. So, you know, we will have them play shows. Um, we'll critique their performance at a specific performance, um, review boot camp thing. We'll have at the Swiss. Where we usually have at the Swiss where the band gets up, plays a song, and then three, uh, mentors kind of pick apart what they could have done differently or what they did well. Um, just kind of like gives them, give them some hands on, Pointers i'm like, hey, everyone is moving great except Steve. You're standing in the back, holding still. I know you're a bass player, but you can move around a little bit. Um, or that's all
0: bass players.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you I'm going like s- Shane. Simple things like I think um, I think one of the ones I, on, in the band I mentored this year. I I said, you know, why don't you take your hair out of the lead singer? Take your hair out of a ponytail. Let it flop around. Let it let it move around a little bit more, and it doesn't look so restrictive when you're belting. She was a great singer, amazing, amazing singer. Um, again, it just kind of makes you feel, look more loose, you know, even if you're not doing anything different, just things like you would never think of, right? If you're not somebody who's been doing it for a really long time. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the thing of the program is to, you know, is expose, um, expose all the, all the young musicians to people that have done this for so long, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And so, so they get just propelled miles far forward than they would on their own. Uh, right. And, and people the that bands. they might not
0: necessarily have had, uh, the ability to interface with, like you said, um, mm-hmm. a lot of starting out bands don't really get that, uh, that kind of exposure necessarily right out the gate. They gotta,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, pound the pavement and play shitty dive bars and
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: everything well, like and that. A,
1: and that's a big part of it. But also another big part of it is, you know, a lot of these musicians, are pretty shy. You know, I, I was pretty shy when I was that age. And same. Of,
0: I'm, I'm still that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of a personality trait of a lot of musicians anyway. And so it's hard to meet musicians if you're shy, you know, it's hard to meet other musicians and find out that they are just as shy as you are or that you're not really the only person that feels the same way that you do. And so getting all these kids together in bands, a lot of them, that's their first band. It's their first time on stage. It's their first time doing, almost any of it and they may or may not have ever gotten the opportunity to do that without a program like that because you know but at least before they're 18 or before they go off to college like you said dive bars are where most people do their first shows right oh yeah because there's not not a lot of places right now um, for young bands to actually perform so and even less there? now yeah, yeah, a lot less. So it, it, that's another big part of the program is just letting letting them all kind of mix together and get to know each other. And one of the things that happens after the program is some of the bands stay together. Um, you know, they get formed as a random jumble of people that may get, I mean, they get pe- picked based on the system. But, you know, they, if they hadn't met before, they're just automatically put in a band together and then they end up becoming a band. And You they
0: you, you, you have that time to gel and to... And to... yeah. To, to bash heads and do and all the like struggle and all that pain and everything like that. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you feel like those bonds are kind of um, wrought in that kind of formation. So
1: Yeah. Which is yeah. Nice. So it's, it's really cool. It's, you know, and, and uh, it's really rewarding. It's one of the, one of my favorite things that I've gotten to do. Um, I've been a mentor in the program since the second one and we're on the 10th now. Um, I think I skipped one, one year mm-hmm. in there right when I first joined Avenue Park cause I was going to be out of town a lot. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I've been um, I've been part of the program. As a matter of fact, my old school that I taught at, I did a miniature version of the program as our yearly recital. So we would, you know, I'd go to the drum teacher and some of the other teachers, and we'd put together um, three or four different bands and have them play a couple songs um, at the recital. Usually, like one song. Because these are more more beginner students than who go into the main program, so the experience of like putting this kind of thing together has been there for quite a while. So it was really cool that Jessica thought I would be a good fit to take over director. So uh, this is my first year doing it. So yeah. this year is going to be a little bit different because we're not going to be able to do all the, yeah. the shows and stuff. So I'm presently redesigning the program. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I think that it presents a unique challenge as far as how do you do something that is so very in-your-face and in-person based and take it into a digital format? And I think uh, a lot of teachers specifically right now are having to revitalize and revamp their programs for an online community. Mm -hmm. And it really does kind of, uh, warrant that kind of hard thought. Like we were talking, I was talking with someone the other day about, um, Uh, the new way concerts are being presented right now. Like right now, there's a lot of digital and streaming concerts. Uh, As you said, Kaylee's doing one tomorrow, and and, uh, I'm sure there'll be hundreds of them by the time this quarantine is fully lifted, but by the time we can actually get back in bars. Uh, But with the way that the venues are being handled right now, uh, the landscape for live musicianship is going to change so dramatically from what we were accustomed to the dive bars and the, Mm -hmm. you know, the CD strip clubs and (laughs) everything else. But uh, I mean, the landscape is changing so vastly. So maybe if you think about it in this perspective, it's not such a bad thing that your first year in the program as director uh, is in a reformulation and a revamp era because I mean, it's just, you're setting up the future. You're setting these kids up for the future. Yeah, that's and, true. I mean, it's, I'm, I've always been very, very excited. Every time I'd see you or Jessica or Ray, uh, Paul, I know was involved with the program for a while. And like mm-hmm. I said, we know a lot of the same people.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, so I've been uh, on the outsides of this program for a lot of years. And, and it's just so exciting to see that you guys take this caring approach with Young musicians, I mean, I I didn't get to be a musician until I was in my early 30s. So, um, I wish I'd had something like this uh, to help with my confidence building, and maybe I would have done a lot sooner, but uh you're teaching these kids uh the basics you're teaching these kids versatility which as we discussed previously is key right it's gonna it's going to wedge you into a lot of those situations whereas my versatility has just all been uh i think i can do that fuck it i don't know if i can do that let's try it you know <laughs> uh i fronted a tool tribute band for four and a half years wow and uh, the reason we came into that band and not just a little tiny story short, short story my uh My old fencing instructor from the SCA, Mm -hmm. I learned how to uh, Italian Renaissance rapier fight. Wow. I I trained in that for 12 years. (laughs) And so he comes to me. He knows I was a musician for a while. And he comes to me and he goes, hey, look, I've been wanting to play bass in a band. Let's get a band together. All right. So we got a band together. And it was like top 40 cover shit. And so we've been, we were getting guys together and practicing set lists and we had not even really gone out and performed yet. And he just looks at me after a practice one day and goes, you know, if I have to play one more goddamn Nickelback tune, I'm going <laughs> to shoot myself in the head. And uh, I'm like, all right, well, what did you have in mind? And he starts screwing around with his bass riff and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I like that. Let's play that. He's like, Oh, that's tool. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's play tool. Not knowing how, ridiculously complicated tool really is. Um, so we started it that way and we did that for four and a half years as 46 and two. And it was a lot of fun, but, uh, definitely not anything I'm doing now. It's so different from the Pantera style vocals that I scream now and things like that. I mean, versatility, I can't, I can't stress this enough. I keep talking about it, but you're right. Versatility is 100% key. So, uh, uh, now you said you've been involved with the Living Out Loud program for what? About eight five,
1: years. Eight, 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 eight years. years okay. excuse me. Yeah, so it's been. This is the tenth year I've been in since the third, I think, second or third, um, and I skipped one year. Uh, I skipped two thousand sixteen, um, but other than that, I've been in every one of them since two thousand twelve.
0: And I know you do a lot of. Pro- private lessons as well too don't you you know
1: i had been um in november when i got past the torch for for this um i was doing a lot of music videos and i just wanted to free up my schedule a little bit so i i'm currently not doing much in the way of private lessons i have like one or two students but at the time i had like 20 students so oh wow i lightened my load quite a bit um just because of time you know
0: Absolutely. But, but it is, it is really, um, gratifying to see someone who takes such a, uh, a keen interest in young musicians and getting people out there and, and, and just instilling in them that love of music and that love of creation. And it's, it's exciting. And, and, and I know that, uh, I hope. I hope, anyways, that it gives you some kind of sense of uh, gratification because it has. I mean,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, these it's, kids thrive under
0: this. I've seen. I've seen some of your students, and not your students exactly, yours, but mm-hmm. some of the students of the program over the years. I've talked to, and they are. They blossom under mm-hmm. this, and it's just—it's such a boon for these kids.
1: Yeah, it's really. It's been. Uh, I've been teaching private lessons for. 10 12 years 2000 yeah 12 years 2008 was when i started um really doing private lessons like a lot and um you know it's it's been such a integral part of my my job as musician under the you know the big banner of musician it's been a big part of that that pie a big slice of that pie so i i can't imagine a point where i'm not doing something like that if i you know if for whatever reason I'm not no longer the director of this program, I'll probably start doing private lessons or something just to keep, keep that part going. Cause it's just, a, it's just been, you know, really rewarding to see some of my students go on and do stuff. I, one of my first students, um, he sent me a song or actually I saw, I think I saw him post a song recently that he had done after he'd gone to, to school in Nashville and went to another recording school and took, you know, songwriting lessons. I mean, like, in college like you know (laughs) became a professor of songwriting basically Mm -hmm. and holy crap it's like dude that's that's like a hit song that's like a pop song like what do you what and uh he was just one of my guitar students for a real long time um great guitar player but he ended up becoming so enamored with music that he decided to take it on as a profession and now he's i mean he's probably better than me in a lot of ways so it's really cool to see that
0: What's his name throw his name out there
1: uh jesse walpole
0: okay i'll have to check him out yeah that's awesome well and then like Swicker said you do a lot of uh music video creation as well i've seen some of the music videos that you've worked on and
1: yeah that's uh, been a recent thing it's you know it's, you know since the um amadon kind of came to a close that was amadon was my main creative outlet Mm -hmm. and i i love i I still get to be really creative in abney park and dk zero and you know at contribute my guitar parts and things like that um but i was you know having been the main songwriter and and sort of originator of a lot of the amadon material i didn't have as much of a solid outlet as i as i did then right um so i started gearing, gearing my sort of songwriting juices to creating music videos and I have been involved in some kind of video production, you know, hobby ish thing for windows movie maker. 1.0 oh. <laughs> <You know, laughs> like back, back in the day. Um, I, I used, I did a YouTube series, which if you uh, dig deep enough, you might be able to find, I am not going to plug that channel. Um, <laughs> but it's about 12 years ago. I did, I did a YouTube channel. Um, uh, oh gee man i kind of wish i stuck with it because 12 years later i might be like you know a youtube star <laughs> i might have got the hang of it eventually you could have that
0: big but, uh, button on your wall
1: yeah exactly um but I, you know so I, I had to learn how to edit and get the principles of that and a lot of the principles aren't dissimilar from recording and writing songs and you know same same idea all mm-hmm. based on a timeline as a matter of fact it's almost simpler than than work, you know putting together a song in a lot of ways not as many tracks
0: yeah, um, yeah i've done yeah. i've done some video creation too so i yeah. kind of get what you're saying
1: totally and in so now i've been really trying to hone in on being you know doing it professionally which i have been um but it was like you know it was like uh you know i'm good enough to to do some some videos for my friends and bands that that you know can't afford Tetranaut or somebody that is legit <laughs> so I'll hook them up you know it'll be not as expensive as the big guys and we'll they'll still be really cool and I'll work really hard at it and I'm really proud of a lot of the material I've come up with um, the last four or five videos I've really tried to step up um, in a lot of different ways and challenge myself in some some new ways um, particularly because I got hired by Cleopatra Records to do uh, DK Zero's videos uh, nice. and it wasn't like, it wasn't like I got the, I got the job because I was, um, in DK zero. I still had to send them a treatment. I still had to do a budget. I still had to send them my resume, so to speak. You know, some of the videos I've done in the past and I had done a uh, boom, boom by DK zero recently, which turned out really good. So they saw that one. And they're like, okay, well, he right, looks like he can, you can do the job. And so, um, yeah, I got, I got, I got hired by Cleopatra records to do a couple of videos. So I'm hoping that they end up hiring me for more videos for other artists in the future. Um, that would be pretty sweet. That would be really cool. So that's, that's kind of where I'm going with the videos trying to, you know, and there's still a bunch of local bands that we are going to be doing some videos as soon as things opens up. Um, we're going to be doing Darby picnic video. There's a new sirens rain video in the works. Nice. Um, a couple other bands that we've been talking about doing some stuff. So yeah, it's been a big part of my life for the last couple of years now. Have you ever thought about doing non uh,
0: music video related video work? You know, I do show film done. and I've been curious about <laughs> getting someone decent behind the camera for something I'm working on. So
1: I have uh so one sirens rain video started with probably the most traditional cinematic thing I've done, which was like a dialogue piece between these three lost girls in the woods, uh, kind of a <laughs> traditional horror setup, Um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun to, to do that cause it's a totally different thing. Cause one of the things you don't have to worry about when you're doing music videos is audio. It was, just, you just you film sync video. it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you just film the video and sync up with the song and you're good to go. Um, that one we had, you know, the guy with the mic and the whole recording the audio separate and matching it in posts and it was a whole, whole thing. Um, it was really fun to put together. So yeah, I, I've done some stuff like that. I've done some interviews right. too, like some, you know, um, I, I, well actually I guess the biggest thing I did that's a non-music video is um, the Turn Up the Hate music video documentary. Uh, the, ver- the first music video DK Zero did was done by a guy named Patrick Fuggerty, who's amazing by the way, as a videographer. And I learned a lot from him as a matter of fact, just watching him work. And then he was really nice. So he just told me all the stuff. I'm like, Oh, sweet. <laughs> Let me um, write
0: all this down. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm like, oh, I got it. Um, shamelessly
0: steal secrets.
1: Yeah, no, he's, he's super nice. He's, he's, he's a, I think he's more of a filmmaker than a music video guy. And, um, uh, his, his eye is just outstanding. Um, but, uh, anyways, we had a three day music video shoot in Vegas and um so i did a you know behind the scenes documentary thing that was like a half hour long because we did you know met all these crazy people and and did all this really cool stuff with cars and drones and all this rad stuff so that was probably the biggest non-music video thing i've, I've done i've also done a wedding a couple weddings things like that that's cool all right we're
0: going to take one more quick break and we will come back and have a little bit more chatty chat chat with uh skywarden Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters, and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Democracy works best when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in low voter turnout, How to Vote is easy to use and helps folks from all over the country overcome many of the process barriers to voting. Democracy Works is committed to helping you vote, no matter what. You can sign up for election reminders, see what's on your ballot, get step-by-step assistance requesting your mailing ballot, explore your options for returning your voted mail ballot, check your voter registration status, find your polling site, and make sure you have the appropriate ID. Decide when and where you'll vote this year and how to dot vote. Boom boom in. <laughs> I got like bang bang on your big drug, like a video. Big, big boom, boom, I got like bang bang on your big drug, like a video. You you Alright, we are back with Skywarden. Now we've talked a lot about all the different types of work you do. We've talked about your nerdy pursuits. We've talked about uh, video making, filmmaking, and everything like that. Let's talk about what you've got going on right now. You're a part of Abney Park. You're a part of DK zero. You're a part of Kaylee's band. Am I not, am I, am I wrong in thinking that?
1: Uh, I kind of, I kind of help with like producing some parts of her show. Um, I do the lights. Um, I've helped her with some of the routing, but her solo stuff musically is all her.
0: She, she's amazing by the way. Yeah. Um, you guys are both so visually dynamic when you play. You guys are your sound, your audio is is dynamic. I mean, you guys are just so explosive uh, <laughs> when you work. It's it's kind of amazing to watch. And I wish to God I had that kind of uh, uh mental capacity to do all those kind of things and handle. <laughs> it. I mean, you, the way you guys do branding and the way you guys do your approach to releases and everything like that. It's so very very. Uh, just right on the money. It's, it's wonderful.
1: Yeah. She's done a great job with branding. Like, um, she's great. I, her I, new I, album
0: cover looks amazing. I love that. That,
1: thing. that is a uh, continuing the tradition of using some James Kennedy, uh, photography. So that's a James, James Kennedy photo. I, her I, last album I, cover I thought it, it looked well. familiar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know James. I know him. I know of him. I, I know people who know him. I, I, I'm kind of on the outskirts of his, uh, He's great. He seems like a cool dude. He's
1: really great. Yeah.
0: So what, um, what projects do you have on, uh, the immediate horizon quarantine, notwithstanding?
1: Man, we've got a lot going on. Um, obviously we talked about Kaylee's show, um, tomorrow at six. It's going to be streamed on Facebook. Be easy to find. Um, because we have fans all over the world. We've actually done. M- almost better doing these streaming concerts than some of the festivals we play Um, because we can, you know, because thousands of people can buy tickets to the online stream and uh, it's, it's been very, very good. Um, It gives
0: them a sense of ownership too. I want to say, because Mm -hmm. they know they're helping you guys out. You know, they're helping you out. It kind of makes that community a bit more tight knit, which I've thought is really, really
1: um, yeah, it's but, it's really cool. The the community comes together and the the chat room is like blazing with people introducing themselves from different parts of the world and talking to each other and like, how'd you find out about Abby Parker? Oh, that's you know, so amazing. really cool. Just
0: for, just for fan interaction around the world, you're going to meet people you never would have met in real life. You know, yeah. it,
1: it's, so, so,
0: it's so exciting as far as trying to find the positives with this new uh, way of thinking mm-hmm. is, that's really kind of
1: neat. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and um, you know this will also be Robert's birthday, so we're doubling up on that, and then um, uh, we are releasing a cover of the Neverending Story. Oh shit! Yes, <laughs> we've been we've been having a lot of fun with covers lately because um, it's just been something interesting to do. So we've done um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which was. That was fun. Exploded. Was Everyone of loved fun. that. That's been one of our favorites to do live now and people love it. Um, mm-hmm. we do magic dance from labyrinth. Oh, nice. Um, which has also been great. We, we learned that originally because, uh, labyrinth two or the show, I think, I think it was the show. There's a TV show of a labyrinth is uh, there? Oh, or oh, dark oh. crystal, dark crystal, my bad dark crystal. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I don't think of labyrinth is dark crystal. Uh, and uh, so we learnt, we we uh, we were playing at Fairy Worlds in Baltimore, and they had all of the the people from Dark Crystal at the the festival.
0: That's and so, cool.
1: so it was kind of th- the the it was kind of themed around Dark Crystal that year. So we thought uh, learning Magic Dance was an appropriate <laughs> cover to play. At well, yeah, because everybody uh, l- everybody
0: lumps uh, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal yeah, kind it's of all in, the, it's, in the same boat.
1: It's Jim Henson, so it's kind of like you know, it's, it was largely Jim Henson-ish. So it was Dark Crystal 2 People there, um, and there was, I think, like Toby, the kid from Labyrinth, was there. <laughs> <This> <laughs> he's got to be what, old, like thirty
0: now? <laughs> 20, yeah, he's like an old. He's
1: like yeah, he's a he's just a dude, you know. <laughs> Um, I, I think he was there. I didn't meet him. But, uh, you know, people that were involved with both movies were involved with both movies. Right. So, yeah, um, quite a lot of crossover there. Um, so we did Magic Dance as a sort of just an homage to the to the genre. Right. Um, and now we're doing Never Ending Story that we're going to debut, I think, um, at the streaming concert. So we're going to do a been... music video. <laughs> i've been a,
0: i've been a sucker for for really good off-the-wall covers for my entire my entire life like i always go out of my way to look for really just unique covers of stuff uh there was a band back in the day called i don't know, I don't know if you've heard of it so it's kind of a fuck around band where a lot of guys from different bands got together and mm-hmm. and just to just to mess around it was called me first and the gimme give oh yeah yeah have you heard of them yeah, yeah. And so they got together and they do theme albums. Like one of them, one album's going to be all 70s tracks, one album's all disco tracks and shit like that, and a whole album with the country tracks. And It's just <laughs> so interesting to find these covers. MXPX did a lot of uh, really interesting upscale punk-ass covers of mm-hmm. stuff that should not in any way have been a punk-ass cover. Um, <laughs> it's so exciting to find it. And that's where uh, I actually stumbled upon Chitty Chitty Bang Bang without even seeing you post it without seeing the band post it. I was just screwing around on YouTube and I, and I flipped past it because I was looking through cover tracks and I listened to this guy named Leo Morris I don't know if you know who Leo is. Uh, he's from Norway and he has a, a Patreon set I was giving to his money to his Patreon for a lot of years, but uh, he does uh, uh, metal covers of fucking everything.
1: Oh, and, what was is that? The frog studio? Frog Leap Studios, yeah. Frog Leap Studios, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've definitely heard of that guy.
0: So I jumped on with him when uh, when he did that really badass cover of Africa by Toto. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then I just started digging through his back catalog. And and so, you know, going around on YouTube looking for these videos, of course, it pops up suggestions for things you might want to watch. <laughs> and, and so so that popped up. And and I was talking to you before we started recording about uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and and the music video for it. And... Uh, It's green screen, but it's very uh, action oriented for uh, something you wouldn't necessarily see in a a green screen type production like
1: that. So one of the the things about Abney Park is we're very DIY. Uh, Abney Park has been, I think on Cleopatra records before, um, has been on a record label uh, and has signed with um, managers and things like that in the past, but... Eventually, it just kind of made more sense, especially being that we're not like you 2 or anything, right? Money-wise, it's not crazy. It's just enough to live off of, basically, for, for mostly Robert, who's built the built the band up from, from scratch, and his wife, who's the keyboard player. Um,
0: okay.
1: So um, Robert does a lot of the music videos and has done a lot of the music videos. And his particular style of mu- of video editing is is a really specific kind of compositing you know in after effects um and he's gotten so good at it like that's you know that style of action-oriented composite green screen is he's just ridiculous at and so that's the approach of most of the videos we do is we start with green screening and then then he'll composite the whole video from that so we just perform (laughs) and then he puts Mm -hmm. it together
0: was there anything practical in that video aside from the costumes
1: uh the uh rocket launcher i'm holding is um a couple pieces of pipe and some paper that we spray painted right before filming (laughs) um robert's drink is definitely real (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the steering wheels are real that, that, I was going to say, was, it
0: looked like he was for sure holding the steering wheel. He was, yeah, the steering
1: wheel, the steering wheel was definitely real. Um, oh, the stilts that Tobias uh, was on—he was on the stilts. Jesus. Yeah, he's he's uh, famous in the steampunk world for having built those stilts, mm-hmm. and is just really good at walking around on them. So if you go to a steampunk festival like um, Wild Wild WestCon um, in in Phoenix or Arizona, I don't know if it's Phoenix, but, oh, uh, or if you go to any of the West coast cons, you'll usually see Tobias on stilts <laughs> at least one of the days. That's
0: so, so incredibly cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we had him come over and, and just, uh, be a, a guest in, in the video, which is kind of a homage to the steampunk scene, you know, scene as a whole where we'll have people in, in that are known in the community like Kate and, and stuff like that. So,
0: well, that's really cool. Now, do you guys all live locally? Or, does, or Robert live in this area? or?
1: You know, coincidentally, when I first joined Abney Park, I had just moved to Gig Harbor. So I was less than a mile away from his house. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he lived in Gig Harbor. Um, I have been in Puyallup now for a couple months, so still not too far to, to get over there for things. Oh, yeah, not at all. And I was in Auburn before that, which still wasn't too far. So it's, it's pretty local. Um, we have uh, a couple of different violin players, depending on who's available. One lives in Colorado, and the one lives in Seattle. And uh, trumpet player and trombone player live in Seattle. And, uh, and then all the DK Zero folks are down in California. So when we do um, music videos and things like that, I usually just go down to California for that.
0: Now, how do you uh, how do you uh, do music generation for DK Zero when you guys are so far away? Do you do it like a Zoom meeting, or you just ship each other clips? Or
1: well, it's you know it's it's very uh, it's very pop oriented, so a lot of the origination comes from from Derek and okay. um, what we're doing now. We we're getting ready to release a record, so that's kind of been what that record was. What we're doing now, kind of getting ready for the next record, is we'll we're all going to kind of seed some song ideas and then send them to Derek to kind of do whatever he wants to with. And then, um, you know, if I need to add a part, he'll just send me the, and as a matter of fact, I've been doing that with, with Abney Park lately too. They'll just send me the song and I'll record the parts and send them back as stems and they can just mix them in. Um, I did that with never, with a never ending story. Um, he wanted like an eighties, like shreddy solo, so he just told me where to put it, and he sent me the song, and boo I just lay down a '80s thing and sit it back. was <laughs> like, perfect, and it's, it works out great because you know we have this whole studio set up now, me and Kaylee. So it's kind of nice to be able to just have everything ready to go. Um,
0: That's such a unique and really cool way to do things, especially now. Like I said with the way things are currently you can keep mm-hmm. generating music you can put together an entire you know another album worth of music by the time you're able to get up and go out and, and yeah and do kind of supporting for it
1: a friend of mine's band who actually I I uh, guess with at least once a year it seems like I've done two tours on bass with them and just did uh, a show on on guitar and they've been doing live videos where each band member will send in their performance of the song to a click track and record it and film it. And then they mix it together, put everybody on screen and then post that as a live video, even though they are not themselves live.
0: I'm sure my neighbors would love that. It's really interesting. I'm a vocalist. So it would just be me (laughs) screaming in my house.
1: (laughs) You should totally do it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, because it was a really, uh, we, we my band, Another Sentiment, we just released our EP uh, like the week before the whole quarantine crop. Oh, yeah. And so we haven't had a chance to go out and support it or do anything for that. But uh, uh, there was one, we were recording the last track for it. Um, and we're doing this in my my bass player's uh, house. He's got a room dedicated for this stuff at his house. and mm-hmm. Soundproofing on the walls and everything. But basically they all go first and then I kind of throw my shit in at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can listen on earphones, and so they're all sitting on this sofa in front of me. I've got the earphones on, but there's no track going outside of the earphones because the mics are sensitive. You don't want to pick that up, right? And so I'm sitting there shouting my parts out. I mean, I'm very aggressive vocally, and they're all just kind of sitting there, just kind of. <laughs> it's, I mean, it must be jarring to just hear that isolated like that. Yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> but that's a really cool, I'd say that's a really neat way to do things, especially when you realize that like creative types have to create. There's not going to be a, uh, a real drop in the creative juices just because you're not out and showing. So for me, a lot of my creative juice went into the podcast. I've been working really hard on that.
1: Mm-hmm. I've,
0: been, I've been writing and putting together a short film. Nice. Uh, which uh, I've just gotten a lot of feedback from. Uh, one of my writer friends and so now i got a whole other draft i gotta start working on but uh, <laughs> um, uh, i've been doing a lot of work on those i haven't done so much as as the music uh, as it were right now because of the way everything is and we're not all as tech savvy as as that we got a couple guys who, d- who can't record from their present location so right. it's
1: like,
0: uh, we just kind of kind of hold hold tight for it but uh, it's nice to see that you guys are managing to keep those creative juices flowing, and and in fact keep content coming out. I can't tell you how excited I am to hear this never ending story <laughs> cover. I, I'm so looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. It it, it came out really good. So,
0: oh, well, so you've already got your hands
1: on it? Oh, I've, I've yeah, I've record oh, on it. I'm <laughs> jealous. There's supposed to be I'm... some female vocals added, and I think uh, some violin parts still. So. Not quite then.
0: There is nothing more amazing, by the way. Let me just throw this in as an aside, than watching uh, a punk or a pop punk or anything like that violinist <laughs> or, or cellist go to town. I've seen a couple in in person uh, shows, and I'm, I'm chaffed that I can't remember their names, but <laughs> just it's such an amazing, electric kind of performance. And like Lindsey Sterling does the same kind of thing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way she does her violins. It's very theatrical. It's very energetic. It's so amazing to watch. I just, I just has nothing to do with anything we were talking about. I just think. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as we kind of wrap this up here and, and again, uh, Sky, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to, to join us today. Yeah, man. Um, did you have anything else you kind of want to talk about or.
1: No, I think we covered, must... covered the gambit.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, like I said, it's exciting to watch what you guys are doing. Uh, I greatly look forward to all the different various venues. Like I said, I've known you for years. I enjoy watching your content whenever I see it pop up. So, and 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 Kaylee now as well. I, I really enjoy watching you guys. You guys, as what is it the word Ray uses all the time? Schmoopy. <laughs> you, you, you and Kaylee are schmoopy, and I love it. it all right, it makes my heart <laughs> sing. <laughs> but uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for jumping on with us today. And uh, uh, I hope you guys uh, continue to do what you do and stay safe and and, and kind of weather the storm as best you can. All right. And uh, for all of you out there listening, I want to thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Fuel Your Fandom podcast. Uh, stay safe. Keep yourselves and your families safe. Take care of your neighbors. Take care of your friends. And uh, try to remember what I always say that everything is fandom and fandom is everything take care